Welcome to the Pokes cast. Ryan Thorburn with the Casper Star Tribune, joined by Robert Gagliardi, my co-author of the Border War book. Robert, how are you doing? Doing well, Ryan. How are you doing? Hanging in there. So we have uh, some football news. Uh, you know, obviously the football news cycle never ends these days, but uh, I was glad I wasn't at Oregon the other night when they were uh, playing in the Pac-12 championship game slash losing their coach to Miami. But uh, a little less drama at Wyoming this year. Uh, They're going to the Potato Bowl, where they uh, famously won in 2017, Josh Allen's last game. Uh, were you at that game? And what do you remember about the uh, Potato Bowl? I-, I was at that game. And, uh, you know, I remember um, it was just a really busy time. Well, you know, it was obviously it was a cool game. You know, Josh Allen's, you know, last game. But, you know, it was Wyoming's first win on the blue turf. They'd never beaten still haven't beaten Boise State up there but uh um you know won that game you know obviously there was a lot of stuff going around in that game because you know Josh Allen had missed the last few games of the season with a shoulder injury that ironically I you know was you know kind of maybe cost winding a chance of maybe making a run at a, at a at a division title but uh I mean everyone was kind of thinking that he was going to play although they just hadn't come out and said it but he was participating in all the you know pre- uh, you know, bowl activities. I remember going, one of the first things they did, they were at like kind of an arcade bowling type place in Nampa, I think, just right outside of Boise, right in that area. And they had a bowling competition and Alan got up and bowled with his teammates. And, uh, you know, you got a sense, but um, that he was going to play and then it all, you know, came to fruition. I also remember it was early signing period uh, right then. I don't know if it was the first year of it. It might've been the first year of it, but if not, that was a busy time. I remember, you know, instead of, uh, you know, doing a conference call or a press thing, I was, we met, I remember meeting with coach bowl in a hotel conference room, talking about early signing period and trying to track that stuff during the day, early in the morning. And then as the stuff was rolling in and, and stuff, but, uh, the game itself was good. Wyoming, you know, Josh Allen looked good. You know, John Elway was there, uh, representing the Broncos and fully saw what, uh, Josh Allen could do. And, uh, didn't act on it. I think a lot of people still talk about that. And then I remember it started snowing at the very end of the game and uh, was wondering if I was going to get out of Boise the next day, but, but did, but it was a good, you know, it was a good game. They Boise does a good, did a good job with it. They had a lot of activities for the players. Um, you know, is it a bowl destination place? Uh, I, I don't know, but I do know, you know, Boise takes a lot of pride in that game and puts on a good show. So I hope Wyoming and, and Kent State enjoyed their bowl experience and, and hope they, you know, put on a good game on the 21st. Yeah, there's uh, some friends of mine in, in our text string that are still Broncos fans for some reason. They can't get over that John Elway decision because uh, he did witness mm-hmm. one of Josh's maybe best quarters ever. He came out in the first quarter and, and threw three touchdowns to kind of let the NFL world know that he was okay and and let Wyoming fans know that, Uh, He wasn't going to opt out of a bowl, which Craig Bull said this week that there were people in Josh's ear telling him not to play in that game, Uh, not from a not necessarily like family or friends or teammates, but, you know, professional NFL, you know, I guess agent types, maybe. Um, But obviously he played, uh, you know, Craig said they had conversations about how he looked in practice and. Craig said, I think you're ready to play, and and Josh played. So uh, that kind of started a trend at Wyoming where 
you know, Logan Wilson played in his bowl game, even though he was a high level NFL prospect. And now Chad Muma basically said he never even thought about not playing in this bowl game this year, even though he's going to the senior bowl. So, uh, you know, I hate to keep going back to Oregon, but that's my most recent experience, but their star defensive end cave on Thibodeau is not playing in the Alamo bowl. And I totally understand why he's not, they've lost their coach and they're out of the playoffs. So uh, it's a different situation at Wyoming. And, you know, the fact that Chad Muma and everyone else uh, that we've talked to this week is, is pretty fired up about it leads me to believe that they will show up ready to play. Now, you know, I kind of joked in my, uh, you know, bowl story that, you know, that their Mountain West dreams were shattered long ago, but they could put in a claim as the uh, unofficial MAC champions if, if they beat Kent State in this bowl game. You know, Wyoming already beat Ball State, the preseason favorite, handily, and then obviously won that exciting road game at Northern Illinois, which ended up being the MAC champion, beating Kent State last Saturday. How do you feel about that that matchup? I know they played Central Michigan, another MAC team, four years ago. It seems like Wyoming uh, should join the MAC if, if they're not going to upgrade and challenge for the Mountain West. Right. You know, yeah, the unofficial MAC championship, or at least stay undefeated in the MAC. But you know, I see this matchup, Ryan, as a really as as a difference in you know contrast to styles. I mean, you see Kent State that is one of the fastest teams as far as just you know number of snaps, number of plays per game. And I think I saw something where, where Kent State, now granted, they played one more game than Wyoming, but so they've run 195 more plays than Wyoming this year. I mean, that's, I mean, that's like almost three games worth of plays, three to four games, you know, worth of plays right there. So, you know, how does Wyoming's defense, now they've certainly played against up-tempo offenses, certainly. That's nothing new for Wyoming, but, you know, how does Wyoming's defense uh, respond to that? And then you got Wyoming, you know, that's just going to, you know, they're going to, you know, they're they're going to huddle. They're going to be methodical with their offense. They're not certainly going to be in a in a hurry unless it's a two minute drill. So, you know, that's what I see there. But you know, Kent State has a lot of, you know, they got a lot of weapons. They got a they got a pretty dynamic quarterback. They got a lot of speed. They've got some really good receivers. You know that what I've seen. So you know, how does Wyoming, you know, how does Wyoming's defense that's that arguably has been its strength this season, other than maybe the last game against Hawaii. How does Wyoming respond? You know, how do they match up with that? How does that go? So it's it's kind of like opposites attract type of thing to me, Ryan, because you just see two different, you know, two different programs that are just com- complete, almost like polar opposites as far as far as their philosophies go. So how does that how does that mix? How does that match? You know, what who has the advantage there? I, I don't know. But uh, that's the first thing that I see from this this game. Yeah, it is strength on strength, weakness on weakness. I think, you know. Kent State has one of the better offenses in the country uh, as far as, you know, points and and yards and tempo and all that stuff. And obviously Wyoming, when they're right, their defense is their strength. And, uh, you know, when you look at Kent State's defense, they've allowed a lot of rushing yards this year near the bottom of the FBS. And obviously Wyoming is a run first team. So I think Wyoming's licking its chops uh, to kind of get back to the uh, the Utah State form, where maybe their offensive line can grind on these guys, and the and the running game can dominate. Uh, you know, Xavier Valade said he's fresh. Uh, you know, obviously he's achieved one of his goals, which was to stay healthy and play in all twelve games, and he's had you know help from Titus Swin, so that's a nice one-two punch. 
Uh, Valade was the Arizona Bowl MVP, and uh, I know he took a lot of pride in that, and we'll be looking maybe to, to get two bowl MVPs, which would be quite an accomplishment at, at Wyoming. Uh, this will be a big game for Levi Williams. I mean, we mentioned the, uh, the Josh Allen Potato Bowl. Naturally, this is an ESPN game, uh, 1 o'clock on December 21st, so you know they're going to get out those Josh Allen highlights, and they're going to compare Josh Allen's size to Levi Williams fair or not. And it's a chance for him to showcase his talent, make maybe put a, a, an exclamation mark on his claim to be the starter going into spring football. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things there, you know, I'm sure I'm certainly curious. Look, and we talked about this last week, you know, as we were kind of going into the bull projections of what might happen and stuff. So, you know, look, right. It's great. that Wyoming has a chance to play another game. And again, from what you've reported, and everything that sounds like they want to be in a, in a bowl game, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I hope that's the case that if they're going to do this approach it the right way and, and let the chips fall where they may, but you know, you're right. The, you know, to me, Ryan, this is just like redemption for Wyoming, even if Wyoming, but although if, even Wyoming wins this game, whether it's, you know, close one or if even they win it handily, it's not going to erase some of the, the frustrations of this season. But I just think, you know, that that last game against White, coming off that Utah State win, arguably maybe their their best win, aside from maybe the border war win over CSU, you know, and then the, I mean, let's say face it, Ryan, they laid an egg against Hawaii at home. I mean, that was that was as bad as it got for them this year. You know, I mean, offense, defense, I mean everything. So to me, this is about redemption for the Cowboys to say, you know what? Yes, this year did not go as well as we had hoped or as we had planned but we're going to finish this on a good note. You know, how much does that carry into next season? I, I don't know. I mean, it can't hurt, right? You know, if Levi Williams has a, has a good game, if Titus Swin continues his emergence as a go-to running back, I mean, that all, that all really is helpful. And, you know, obviously you send your seniors off on a good note, but, you know, I just want them to, you know, I, I just hope Wyoming's kind of taken this as a redemption chance that, you know, hey, we can finish this on a right note. You know, they're playing a powerful offense and, just see where, where it may is. I, I just hope they take the right mindset. You know, we talked, you know, these bowl games, I, I've even, you've probably heard from fans, right? I, I don't, again, I'm not plugged in like you are now. I don't get a sense that a lot of Wyoming fans are really excited about this. And, and that's fine. I'm certainly not going to tell them they should be. If they want to get behind it and they want to go or watch it, that's great too. But if they don't, fine. You know, that's not for me to say but this is for these players and I want to know what these players really think. And I think we're going to see on the field what they really want to get out of this bowl game. So that's what I'm the, probably the most curious to see, you know, yeah. Does Levi Williams solidify his, his spot as this, this team's quarterback for the next couple of years. Does, you know, does, does Valade go out on a strong note? Does, you know, other wide receivers start stepping up in Wyoming's offense to give them that, that ability to, to burn teams on play action. You know, what happens? I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. Maybe some final ones for some guys and some others that maybe their time to their time to shine. It might be their turn, so to speak, in, in this in this team's rotation. Yeah, you're right. A, a December bowl win pre-Christmas on the blue turf doesn't get rid of the stench of a two and six Mountain West record. But you know, Garrett Crawl, for example, is very excited about it. He's a six-year senior. He's out of eligibility. He wants to get that redemption you're talking about for the seniors. And then he said that when you win a bowl game, it really does uh, give the returning guys a boost into the uh, strength and conditioning program and just 
getting ready for spring football and to, to take the next step maybe uh, in the future. So uh, I think it's important in that regard. And, and you obviously get all these practices they're getting in right now. Uh, it's a young roster, as we've talked about overall, even though they have key seniors. Um, some other news and notes just in football, you know, I wrote about it, you know, yesterday, but, you know, college football, the carousel, the coaching carousel is out of control <laughs> when teams like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Oregon, big brands slash blue blood programs are getting their coaches stolen. I mean, that's, uh, it's almost like the Mountain West teams don't have to worry about it as much because the big game teams are going big game hunting and they're not looking for the next maybe star coach. They want to go get a coach who's already a star. And then, uh, you know, the transfer portal, there's literally thousands of guys in there right now. But in terms of Wyoming, so far, and there will be more transition, there always is, but you lose Pete Caligas, longtime uh, assistant dating back to the Dave Christensen era, defensive tackles coach, run game uh, defense coordinator. He's going to Washington State to be with Jake Dickert, and he gets the uh, associate head coach title. Uh, he's from Washington. He was on the Huskies 91 national championship team. So a lot of roots there. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment. I'm, you know him a lot better than I do. And then, you know, so far they've only lost uh, Keon Blankenbaker to the portal. You know, obviously he's the starting nickelback, but he's a kid who graduated in 2020, came back this year, you know, his fifth year at Wyoming and basically had conversations with Bowl about, you know, that he's, you know, kind of done everything he can do academically and football wise at Wyoming. So he's going to put his name in the portal, see if there's an interest from any other schools. And, you know, maybe he plays somewhere else. Maybe he moves on to, uh, you know, an NFL training camp or as an undrafted free agent, who knows, mm -hmm. maybe he uses his degree, but it's not like he's dissatisfied with his role at Wyoming or anything like that. It's like, I mean, I only went to Wyoming for four years and that was plenty for me. So, uh, you know, you certainly miss those, those glory days of your youth, but, uh, I can understand a guy after five years wanting to, to kind of move on and, uh, they have other guys who have to make that decision, but getting back to, to coach Pete, just what's your favorite coach Pete story? Because from everything I've heard, he, he was a beloved figure in the program. Well, you know, a few things, Ryan first is, you know, Pete was always one when we were able to either go to practice to watch it all or even just watch, you know, the first whatever minutes. If he came out and saw you, he always said hi to you. You know, he was very – and it wasn't just lip service. He's a very genuine guy, you know. But, you know, obviously, Ryan, all coaches are passionate about what they're doing and they and they, and they they like their, their their players and they care about their players and, and, and the kids in the program. But I don't think I've ever met one that's that passionate about his guy's than Pete Caligas, you know, I remember a handful of times of doing stories, whether it was on uh, Chase Appleby, you know, um, Justice Borton, a walk on from Wheatland and that, that one in particular, I, you know, Justice Borton was just one of those program guys, a Wyoming guy that walked on at his in-state school and just wanted to be a cowboy. You know, he wanted to be a Wyoming cowboy and he didn't care if he played one snap, one game, it didn't matter. He was a Wyoming cowboy. And I remember doing a feature on him and sitting in Pete Caligas's office talking about Justice Borton 
And you would think that he was like, you know, an all, a first team all American. That's how, that's how Pete Caligas, that's how much respect. And that's how, how much regard Pete Caligas had toward justice Barton, but not just him. Just, he had that, that regard for all of his players. I don't know if I've ever been around a coach that really genuinely cared that much about his players. You know, he's just a very, a very genuine man, a very hardworking man, and just a very, just one of the good guys in the game. So um, I just, you know, he's going to be missed. It's kind of ironic. Wyoming did lose a verbal commitment from a defensive tackle prospect that had committed. And, you know, any, any, any irony that that may be because the P. Callis is going on to Washington state, you know, uh, can't confirm that or anything, but you, you got to wonder, but very happy for Pete and his family. I mean, it also says something about Pete is, you know, you're right, Ryan. He was here when, in Dave, when Dave Christensen came to Wyoming to be the coach and he, you know, you know how it is when coaching changes happen, you know, there's a lot of turnover, you know, coaches want to bring in their guys. They want to do this and that. And, you know, Craig Bull had knew enough or saw enough in Pete Caligas that he wanted him there. And then he also elevated Pete's status as, as time went on that, that to me, that says a lot about a coach that when a new staff comes in, they recognize what's good there. They recognize good people and everything. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes that gets lost in the cracks. Sometimes that's even just ignored because these coaches want their guys in here. And Craig Bowl was wise enough to see what the value that Pete Caligas had to, you know, that could bring to the program. And, you know, it's, it's pretty unusual, Ryan, from what, 2009 to 2021, that's what, 12 years in the same place, let alone for a head coach to do that, but for an assistant coach. You know, Pete and his family were happy to make Laramie home. I don't think they regret a single moment of it, but I'm also excited for him and his family for the next adventure, like you said, he's going back to the state of Washington where he's from. You know, he worked with Jake Dickert, A.J. Cooper, those guys. I mean, I'm very happy for Pete. You know, Wyoming's loss is definitely Washington State's game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Garrett Crawl said he was in the uh, training room when, you know, all the players got the text from Pete that he was going to move on and take that job. And Crawl's first reaction was, a text isn't good enough. And he ran upstairs to the office to, to hug Pete on his way out. So uh, sounds like a great guy. And I know it'll probably be a little strange for him being a UW Husky, just knowing that rivalry, the Apple cup to be on the other side of it uh, as a coach now, but um, you know, that, that happens in, in college football and Pullman, in my opinion, has a lot of similarities to Laramie Um you know, stadium size and kind of just fighting to get recruits and respect and, and he'll fit in great there. I think that's obviously a good hire for, for Jake Dickard and uh, Craig Bowl. I think wisely has just put Marty English, a longtime coach as well in charge of the entire defensive line. He usually um, coaches the ends uh, for the bowl game so they can take their time and, you know, try to get a quality candidate to uh, replace a guy that was, you know, kind of described as one of the heart and souls of the team. So, um, you know, Craig will have to do his homework on that. Uh, I think he has a pretty good track record of hiring defensive coaches so far at Wyoming, though, so I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, you mentioned the recruit. Yeah, they did lose one verbal commitment, but they also picked up another one from a different defensive tackle. So mm-hmm. uh, that's just the recruiting world, and <laughs> uh, those decisions are hard. I mean, you want players to base it on the university, but – in reality, they base it on the coaches most most times. So um, it's not to say that kid won't recommit to Wyoming once he finds out 
who the new coach is or, you know, what his options are, but that's just the world of recruiting. Um, speaking of, of roster transition, just how do you feel about Keon Blankenbaker? I know, you know, fans get upset whenever anybody leaves a program, but it, it happens so frequently at most programs that it's really, it's just the reality of, of the transfer portal. I think, as I kind of alluded to, I think this was kind of a, you know, a win-win for Blankenbaker and, and, and Craig Bowl. And I know they really like Keontae Glinton behind him. Obviously he'll probably start in the bowl game, but uh, you know, so far, I, I just don't think the, the portal impacts Wyoming the way it does most programs. Yeah. And so well, it certainly hasn't yet so far, Ryan. And, and I agree, you know, you gotta remember, I mean, it's been, these guys have been here a long time or, you know, like, you know, like Blankenbaker. I mean, I still remember when, I remember when he committed, you know, and obviously he, you know, Craig Bull couldn't say anything about the commitments until they're signed, but he and, and one other, and, and it was Colden, he and, and CJ Colden committed right around the same time. And I remember walking to practice one afternoon and Craig Bull, you know, how, you know, how coach is, you know, a lot of times, even before practice, he's pretty business oriented, you know, very focused, but he was in a great mood and he goes, you know, he just looked at me and he goes, I know I can't talk about him, but we just got two really good corners that are going to make or that are going to be difference makers for us in this program. You know, the, these are the types of guys we need to play the type of defense that we want to play here, you know, and that doesn't seem like that long ago. But when you think about it, it was a long time ago, you know, so, you know, Keon was a really, really great guy that to cover, um, you know, he's a very productive guy here. Um, but you know, maybe you're playing the bowl game and then make your decision, but Hey, you, you know, these kids make these decisions, you know, based on their own. And, and a lot of people don't know what goes in to those decisions. So, you know, I'm with you, Ryan, you know, he's, he's accomplished a lot here. He's gotten his degree. He's come back, you know, if he wants to, you know, he's from the Midwest. If he wants to try to get closer to home to play, you know, final, or if he wants to just move on with the next chapter of his life, you know, I don't. I'm faulting for any of them. I think he's he's been a very good player here. He like said got his degree. Um, wishing nothing but the best, I, you know. And moving forward, I don't know what we'll see as far as the portal goes. But you mentioned Glinton, you know, you know, we mentioned the bowl game that you know this could be a you know chance for seniors or you know go out with one last. But this is a chance for Glinton. That you're right, you know, has played. It's not like he's not played uh, that nickel spot for Wyoming or played for the Cowboys, but he's got a chance to solidify his spot as that next guy up. You know, so that's that's exciting to see. I'm sure that's very exciting for him. I'm sure the coaches are excited, you know, and maybe it's a chance to develop some depth behind him. Who's who's going to back him up in this bowl game? Who's you know, who who will get some extra reps, you know, even as a backup to that? So that's part of that allure. Some of the times those advantages of 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 bowl of postseason um is additional chances for guys to step up and even guys to get just reps to see if they're ready to step up. Yeah, the only uh the portal guys that, you know, I kind of question are the guys that, you know, are, are these teams spend all this money and all this time recruiting them. And then the guys that come in and af after their freshman year, because of playing time or whatever, or fit bounce, you know, after one year, it's like, that's what we're recruiting was for. This was supposed to match up, you know, you chose Wyoming because you liked it. They wanted you because they were going to develop you into a player those kind of situations can get frustrating, but uh, it just seems like Wyoming has fewer of them than like a power five school mm -hmm. like Oregon, where, you know, I mentioned it, they had a five-star guy in their last class who's already at BYU, an offensive lineman. 
Now I get it when crystal ball leaves from Miami, maybe you're like, okay, I came here for crystal ball. I'm out. And, and that's a good thing with the portal because now coaches aren't the only ones that can bounce. The players aren't penalized. They can play next year somewhere else. But, you know, I think Wyoming was frustrated understandably with in basketball and will transition to basketball uh, with Marcus Williams, the point guard leaving after one year being the mountain West player of the year. But you know what? Sometimes uh, a, addition by subtraction, you know, I don't, I haven't checked in on A&M, but I'm sure if Marcus Williams checked in on how Wyoming's doing, he's probably scratching his head like, Oh, okay. Uh, I guess they're doing fine without me. So uh, speaking of, of Wyoming men's basketball, they are eight. No, they are going to number 11, Arizona on Wednesday night. And this is, in my opinion, um, this, this is a, a situation where they're playing with house money, in my opinion. I think Arizona is one of the best teams in the country. I think Wyoming is one of the surprise teams in the country. And win or lose, this helps your resume. So what do you think about this game? Well, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. I think this is one of the more intriguing non-conference games that Wyoming's had in a long time, just as far as just overall excitement um, you know, the whole likes of the intrigue and, and, and what to maybe expect. I mean, this is a this is a money game. You know, Wyoming bought this, you know, some money game. This was just supposed to be all right, let's 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 probably, you know, you know, hopefully make ourselves better by playing these guys, but let's let's get a paycheck and let's uh let's see what happens. And now you're talking, you know, number 12 in the net as the first net rankings came out for the Cowboys. I mean, I don't know, Ryan. I, I'm excited about it. You know, I I'm I'm curious to see how they really, you know. Nothing against their road wins against, you know, Washington and Grand Canyon and Fullerton, but Arizona's not, you know, Arizona, this is Arizona, you know, and uh, um, I'm curious to see how they stack up against them. Now, if they lose by 20 or 30, are, does that mean Wyoming's highly overrated? Not necessarily. If they, if they play close or heck, even if they win, what does that mean? I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious to see how Wyoming stacks up against, you know, as you said, one of the best teams in the country. And I'm, you know, maybe maybe a lot of people are surprised about Wyoming. I'm, I'm honestly, Ron, I'm kind of surprised about Arizona because you know, new coach. Um, you know, they lost some guys. You know, they're still under NCA scrutiny, or they could just get the hammer dropped on them. And you know, the new coach uh, from coming in from Gonzaga that was Mark with Mark Few for all those years have just they've got them humming pretty good. You know, and I know Arizona's Arizona. They're probably never going to be quote unquote bad just because that's that's just Arizona basketball, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm as excited. I'm. I'm excited, intrigued about a non-conference Wyoming men's basketball game than, heck, I've probably been for over 20 years because I'm not sure what to expect. If you know, is this going to be a blowout? Is Wyoming going to have a chance? Is you know, what's this team? What's Graham Ike going to be able to do against you know some real some some big boys? What's uh, you know, how's what's Hunter Maldonado going to do against some of these? You know, I'm, it's just I'm really intrigued and excited. For what mid mid December college basketball? Yeah, it's interesting because you know this game was scheduled when sh- before Sean Miller was fired, and uh, Jeff Linder is really good friends with Tommy Lloyd, uh, Arizona's new coach uh, from back when they were both in the West Coast Conference. They've been friends for a long time, and uh, and they don't really want to play each other. And 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 Jeff said when Lloyd got the job, he called him. Was like, are we really going to play? <laughs> and, uh, you know, instead of 
letting him out of the deal, Linder said, you know what? Scheduling's hard. We'll play. It's good for us. Uh, you know, he mentioned that they don't need uh, the money games like they, he did at Northern Colorado. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be uh, uh, a great test for Wyoming. And, uh, you know, I, I think it can only help them. So uh, we can talk about you know, that in the future and, and maybe get in more in depth on our bowl pre- preview later. But um, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Covered a wide range of topics and, uh, you know, college football, bowl games, coaching carousel, and uh, just one little last tidbit on the coaching thing. You know, it's crazy how, you know, Miami, you know, gets crystal ball from Oregon. They haven't even fired Diaz and that was always, you know, going after a coach and then basically a mountain West, you know, you know, within a mountain West move where Jane Norvell leaves Nevada to take the CSU job. So, you know, what does that say about Nevada where you're basically staying within the conference? You know, what, what does that say? You're right, Ryan, you said this earlier, this is a good way to kind of end the podcast. I think, you know, this coaching carousel college football is getting crazy in a lot of different ways from the portal to, you know, a lot of this other stuff that goes on. But this coaching carousel this year is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I'm wondering if this is what the, the future holds as far as it goes. Because so there's some stuff I never thought I'd ever see that happened just now. And there's still some more to come. Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned that the Power Fives are now going after their Power Five peers. And mm-hmm. I think that impacts the Mountain West because you would think Jay Norvell with his track record at Nevada, um, taking that low budget, obviously, athletic department's football team to great heights and developing great quarterbacks like Carson Strong. I thought he would go up to the power five this year. You know, obviously they had a bit of a disappointing season as well, but maybe the power five jobs aren't there because the power five on power five crime is now leading to mountain West on mountain West crime. So it sounds like CSU is going to take him from being the lowest paid coach in the conference to the highest. And I'd be curious for the Denver Post or somebody to do an expose on where Colorado State is getting all this money. I think they are still paying Mike Bobo. They're paying Steve Adazio, and now they're uh, stealing Jay Norvell from Nevada and paying him a lot of money. So, uh, you know, I I guess it doesn't suck to be a CSU Ram in this case as far as, as their ability to go out and pay coaches. Well, they're 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 they got the ability to do it, and they're throwing. They throw a lot of money, new stadium. They, I mean, they spend a lot of money on football. But you're right, Ryan. Where does that money come up? When when do they have to start seeing some return on this? Because you know, last I last I knew, money didn't doesn't grow on trees. You know where you know when's that going to run out? Unless they start seeing some results. But they obviously feel that Jay Norvell is the guy to finally get them results to get some return back on that investment they've made in football. That's been a long-standing investment for a long time. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, it makes the border war more difficult for Wyoming because I think Jay Norvell, as I mentioned, is, you know, one of the better coaches in the mountain West and, you know, a guy I thought maybe would be in line for, uh, you know, a big boy job. So, uh, you know, definitely his offensive acumen is something that Wyoming fans uh, should be jealous of. Yeah, we'll see, but you're right. I think the, the border and add another twist, Ryan, into the border war. You know, I, you know, I mean, where that twist goes, I don't know, but it's certainly a new added twist to the border war rivalry certainly was made yesterday with CSU's announcement. Yeah, and I uh, I kind of liked Adazio, not, I mean, I don't know him, not on a personal level, but just he kind of, he had an edge to him. And I liked kind of what he said about, 
and how it drove him crazy that these good recruits were driving by Fort Collins and going to Wyoming and, you know, where in the hell is this place? And he finally got to experience it. Uh, it's kind of too bad the Dawes didn't last and never even got to play Colorado. Yeah, but isn't that supposed to be CSU's biggest rival is Colorado, but they don't play every year? Is that am – am, am I missing something here? Depends what generation you're from. If, you, uh, right. if you're a young guy and you remember you were a kid when Bradley Van Pelt was spiking the ball off of uh, Colorado helmets, then, yeah, you like the CU rivalry trumps all. But if, if you know that they used to be called the Aggies by, C, by Colorado and that and the whole history of uh, CSU football, you're more inclined to uh, view the border war as the rivalry. Right. But also, too, just one last thing. If you're a rival, aren't you supposed to beat each other once in a while or at least, you know, more than once in a while? Because, you know, I know, you know, when Van Pelt played for the Rams, they certainly beat Colorado. But that was a long time ago, Ryan. I mean, is, isn't part of a rivalry supposed to be you beat each other fairly regularly, fairly even? Last I looked, that CU-CSU rivalry isn't very even. Yeah, CSU in the last, what, five, six years has not beaten Colorado, Wyoming, Air Force, and certainly not Boise State at all. So, you know, they've, they've won some games and gone to some lower-level bowls like Wyoming is this year, but they have not won the games that count that really mean something. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, well, uh, let's end on, since we're ending on a Border War note, let's uh, remind people you can get the Border War book for Christmas. If you want to contact Robert or myself, we will – send you a copy. We'll even sign it if you'd like. And, uh, and uh, someday maybe we'll have to write a new chapter on the Jay Norvell era. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Robert, we will hopefully talk before the potato bowl. If we do not Merry Christmas to you and uh, your family and all your friends. And, and thanks for spending time with us. Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. I certainly hope we talk and do this at least one more time before Christmas. But if not, you know, Merry Christmas to you and your family. So happy to have you back in Wyoming and uh, really appreciate the chance to be, do this podcast with you. It's been, it's been, it's, it's a lot of fun and certainly look forward to doing it a lot more down the road. All right. Sounds good, Robert. Take care.